Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud. With power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass. Then look up and lift up your heads. For your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone. The prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Phil Armstrong, your host for the Prophecy Zone. Uh, We are glad to have y'all here. Um, I'm going to be talking about the rapture of the church today um, because it's it's prevalent and uh, it is very important in our time to understand what Jesus and the rest of the disciples and apostles were saying about our end times. Now, I was on a thread on Facebook or post, and um, it was pre-mid post website. You know, they're supposed to have both or all three views in the discussion. And um, I was the only one that was pre, and I guess some of y'all know what happened. Uh, during that um, debate and I very rarely get into debates on Facebook I've been on Facebook for since 2009 and I I make it a point not to get an argument on something I believe I'm not there to try to get you to convince me something that I know about or something that I know in my heart by faith that is going to happen I don't need you to tell me and these, some, of, some, of these, some of these people they try to talk to you belittle you and I don't use it as a pride-based argument where I'm right and they're wrong. I'm just saying that there's much evidence to say that there is a pre-trib rapture. And I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to show you tonight um, some of the evidence that I come up with. But these are, these are, these are um, scriptures that we should be using anyway. Um, the way people um, come off, and, and and I might sound a little personal, uh, for the post in the mid, mostly post, is very evil. Now, I've been on Facebook for a while, and I'm pretty sure there are some people who, who are pre-trib that comes off, you know, kind of hard. But a lot of times I, I see post-tribbers coming off really, really defensive, uh, really argumentative, really evil. Uh, and not all, but most of the time, very argumentative. And you you wonder uh, 
do these people actually love the world so much that they want to stay here? But that's another radio program by itself. Um, so let's start off with a prayer. Father God, we come in your name today that you would guide me as I talk to my audience, God, and then you will open up hearts and minds out there that they would understand and uh, make it fun and make it exciting and make it hopeful. In Titus 2.13, it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father God, we just thank you so much for this opportunity. We thank you for blog talk. We thank you for each individual person listening and opening up the eyes and the hearts and the minds. God, in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. The unknown hour. Now, Matthews 24, who is he talking to? Matthews 24 is talking to Jewish disciples. So Jesus is talking to Jewish disciples. He is talking to the 12 who were following him during the course of his ministry on earth. But who did the 12 disciples become? Or at least, yeah, 12, because Judas, you know what happened to Judas, and they replaced Judas with someone else. Uh, But what did they become? They became apostles those who have been with Jesus, and Paul joined them also. So since the disciples became the apostles, which became, was part of the church, Matthew 24 is relevant to the church also because all scripture is relevant to the church and to all future believers. Now, <clears throat> I have a question. In Matthews um, 24 and in Daniel 20, Daniel 9:27, we are introduced to a time period, which is the first half of the tribulation period. Now, the tribulation period itself, which will be the time of the judgment of the earth, will be seven years. Now, the first part of the seven years will be 1,260 days. And if this is the case, the second half will be the same length. Now, if the second half is the same length, 1,260 days, then the people in the tribulation period and the Jewish people who have fleed to the wilderness will know exactly what time Jesus will return. So the Bible says <clears throat> that no man knows the day and hour. So if it is talking about Jesus Christ's second advent or his second coming when he comes down with 10,000, 10,000 of his saints, which we will address a little bit later, and it's impossible to have a post-trib rapture if he's coming down with 10,000, 10,000 of his saints to get those saints. They're already in heaven. And remember, the people down on earth will go into the millennium period. They do not return, go to heaven. They return, they will go into the millennium period. Now, the Bible did say that he sends his angels out to get the elect. But remember, 
there's a separation of the goats from the sheep. So we have to keep that in mind. There is a somewhat judgment going on at that time. But remember, he's coming with 10,000 of his saints, 10,000, 10,000 of his saints to execute judgment. So <coughs> how could that be? But <coughs> let's get back to no one knows the day and hour. Now, could he be talking about the second advent or the rapture of the church? So let's keep that in mind as we go on. Now, I'm going to read some scripture to y'all. And uh, it's very important that we understand what's happening during the rapture of the church. Is there something happening supernaturally besides the disappearance of the body, which is greatly supernatural but is is there something to define why the church was taken out in other words is there something missing now i remember watching the thief in the night and uh the guy um what's his name the actor who played um oh man my mind is just going but anyway he was one of the actors on Thief in the Night. Oh, Thief in the Night. Man, what am I thinking? The one of the actors on Left Behind was trying to come up with a common thread between all those who disappeared and all those who stayed. And, of course, later on in the show, the common thread was that they all were Christ followers. Now, I'm going to read... <clears throat> the whole entirety of 2 Thessalonians 2. Now, the first point was that if the first point I made was that if there's 1,260 days in the first half of the tribulation period, there's 1,660 days on the second half of the tribulation period, then you're going to know when Christ is coming back by day and hour. You know at least by a couple of days. But now we do not know as we sit outside of that time period. Right now, I can't walk up to somebody and say, when does Jesus come, Christ come back unless he's one of the YouTube people, the freaks on the YouTube, which I don't call them freaks because I listen to some of their their, their uh, videos and they got a lot of information on there. But um, uh, second, now my second point is this. What is the common thread between all believers who are going to go? And... It's Second Thessalonians two, chapter two. Is it saying that we are going to have a? Uh, we should be looking for the Antichrist, or is it something in here in this scripture to make it plain and simple that we're not to be looking for the Antichrist? So. Let's read it. It says, Now we beseech you, brother, by the covenant of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him. Now the gathering together is the rapture of the church. That ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, 
as from us as that the day of the Lord Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come mm-hmm. a fallen away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, which is, is the Antichrist, whom opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Now, here's here's some the next couple of verses is very important. And now ye know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. Now, something is holding the Antichrist back. For the mystery of iniquity doeth already work. Only he who now let will let until he, he, who is he? be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, the one who is to be taken out of the way, who is that? And we're going to get to that um, soon as we... Uh-oh. hope I can just get rid of my studio. We're going to come back and we're going to look at that in a few minutes. So um, sit back, relax, and we'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture at American Warning Radio with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com.
in the last days. The Bible lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the Scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prophecy Zone on Block Talk Radio. Okay, we're back. So, in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses six and seven, who is restraining the Antichrist from coming? In other words, who is keeping him from coming? Now, let's look at this individual that is restraining. Now, the Trinity, which I saw some information in on Facebook from one of the posts, who people don't believe in the Trinity don't anymore either. Now, the rapture of the church, you, people used to believe in the rapture of the church. Matter of fact, the people in the, in the post said, we used to be like that. they telling me that as if I'm some retard, or excuse me for using that language, but as if I have a disease or I'm just a crypto, I'm from planet Krypton or something because I believe in a pre-trip rapture. And I believe it's part of the apostasy. Not believing, uh, you, now you can have your own belief, but don't sit up there and try to parcelize me. And I was in, and I had no business being in the trade, especially with the way I am. I, I don't, I don't too much like to get into debates on Facebook. Not that I can't rip you apart. Because there's there's times where I can get on a tray on a post and just rip somebody apart by using scripture, and there's other times I kind of like be sarcastic a little bit, but I I'm, I'm really friendly with the sarcasm, because and I say laugh out loud a lot, L O L, because you got and I, and I told him I said you guys think I'm some type of a Martian or something with 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 wing you know, seeing natto natto or something I I speak mm-hmm. speaking. You know, gibberish terms. But um, anyway, in John 14, verse 15 and 21, it says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but he knoweth, but he know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So in other words, the Holy Spirit will come to us, but it is God and the Father also coming to us because they are one. The Holy Spirit is the Trinity, part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And in the future show, we're going to talk about the unholy trinity. It says, um, in, in another verse, a script, piece of scripture, it talks about, it says, 
in John 16, 8, and when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So he is reproving the world. He is keeping sin down to a level that is tolerable. But in the end times, in the last time in history, in the last days, there's going to come a seven-year peace deal from the Antichrist where the iniquity of the world will increase by leaps and bounds. Uh, now, I'm going to read Second Thessalonians 2, 7. It says, and once again, it says, For the mystery of iniquity do already work. Only he who is now let will let until he be taken out of the way. Who is the he? The Holy Spirit. Now, people say, well, the, hum- the Holy Spirit is omnipresent. Well, um, now let me let me also read this this right here. Uh, so th- this is what I want to read for the Old Testament. Was the Holy Spirit still here? So in different dispensations, in different times, God dealt with different people. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was still here. It's omni- He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's, he's, he's in all parts of the universe and all the galaxies and all everything that's been created. God. God is there. David said, if I go to the bottom of the sea, you're there. If I go to the top of the mountain, you're there. Wherever I go, you're there. Wherever I make my bed, that's where you're at. <clears throat> now, Acts 2.17 says this. Now, this is the way God is going to deal with uh, the church. Uh, excuse me. He's going to deal, deal with believers in the last days, in the tribulation period. He says, and it shall come to pass, and, and, and he is also dealing with us now. He's also pouring out his spirit upon us now so we mm-hmm. can prophesy and we can see visions. But for the tribulation period, he's really going to deal with us in this matter. He says, and deal with people in this matter. He says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon the all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, there's another piece of scripture, if I can find it, in Joel 2.28. It says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So he's going to pour out. So it's like pouring out a cup into... A basin. So the earth is the basin. He's going to pour out his 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 spirit into someone's heart. So the earth, not so it's replaced as a man's heart. So you're going to pour out his spirit upon man inside of man, and they're going to dream dreams and see visions, and they're going to be saved, of course. So the reason why I explain that is because people are going to say, well, if he takes his spirit out then there's not going to be a spirit here for the saved people who are going to be saved. So he comes down and he puts his spirit upon people, just like in the Old Testament. So in order for the Antichrist to be revealed, the spirit of God must be taken out of the way. And he will come back upon people. He would pour out his spirit upon people, and that's how they're going to be saved in the uh, tribulation period. 
<clears throat> now, the rapture of the church. Why do people come against the rapture of the church so heavily? Why does people hate the rapture of the church? I mean, I've seen some evil comments, some evil people. I've seen people call people fat, and, and I'm fat. I'm heavy set myself. I'm losing weight. But I've seen people dogged out other people just please. It's like, man, it's like you talked about their mama. They don't even get mad about talking about their mom no more. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> they don't even, you say your mama, they don't, I mean, some people get real angry, but you talk about the rapture of the church, they want to scratch your eyeballs out. And to me, when when I, and I'm going to read, and then they say that you don't give enough scripture. And, and I come to the point where I'm not going to sit there and argue with you all day long. If I feel like I give you adequate scripture, I'm not there to convince you of anything. It's not going to matter. If, you, if you're born again, it's not going to matter. But it does matter in a sense that if you don't believe there's a football game next week, you're not going to prepare for it. If you don't believe that there's an assignment next week, you're, you're not going to take the test. You're not going to prepare for the test because you're not studying. If you know that there's a test next week, you're going to prepare for it. If you know that Jesus is coming back, you're going to get ready. Now, some of us still can be lackadaisical and filled with unbelief, and that happens. Something before the rapture of the church has to jar you back into position, or you're going to get left behind. Now, the church of Philadelphia, the message to the church of Philadelphia, I'm going to read the whole thing. It says, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that have the keys of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. <coughs> I know that works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Now, these open doors, it's awesome. Blog talk is an open door. YouTube is an open door. Uh, you know, the biggest open door is if you stay with the word of God, the King James Version. And if you do happen to version off, you need the version back on. And if you do like another version, pray about it. Ask God to keep you where he wants you to be. The open door is the word of God. If you if you if you preaching the word of God with conviction and the Holy Spirit is there, there's there's nothing that can stop you unless God allows it. Because he can close the door. It says, I know that works. Behold I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. No man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength. Now that's a big deal right there. This is the church of Philadelphia with a little strength. Mm-hmm. Christ has the strength. It says in first Peter, We are we are saved by the power of God. It says, I am not ashamed of the of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but it's, it's the power of God toward salvation. They said in the last days men will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. What power is he talking about? So when you have little strength, God makes you big strength. God takes the wise of the world and, and, and takes the simple and confound the wise. Nobody can understand the cross. Now let me keep my mouth shut. Let me just keep going. It says, and have have kept my word. <clears throat> That's what I'm talking about. You have kept his word and not denied my name. Behold, 
I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast kept the words of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all those who dwell upon the earth, or in other words, upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. So he's going to keep them for the hour of temptation that is coming upon the earth. So he's going to keep the Church of Philadelphia from the time that they're coming upon the earth. Now, some people say, well, he is going to cover you. He is going to Psalm 91 you. He's going to put his wings over you. He's going to protect you. And I ask people this in the trade. First of the trades, I just did recently in the post. I said, where is the church, where church found after chapter 6? After chapter 4, actually. Well, the saints, he's talking to the saints. Well, if he's talking to the saints, then the saints is set apart one. So he's also talking about the Old Testament people and the New Testament people. Everybody's saints, but ain't everybody part of the church. The word church is mentioned 19 times from chapters 1 to 3, and they're no longer mentioned until later on in the, in the chapter 20 or something. <clears throat> so I ask the question, what is he talking about? that he would keep them out of the time of testing. And then what is he talking about to Laodicea, where he says, I, I'm, he says, um, he he warns Laodicea, um, he says, so then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou say, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knoweth not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, and blind. Now, this is the last church he's talking to. He says, I counsel thee to buy me gold tried in the fire, that thou mightest be rich in white remnant. Now, what is the right remnant? The right remnant is being, is being sprinkled or covered in the blood of the Lamb. Now, you, how do you become uh, sprinkled in the blood of the lamb or covered in the blood of the lamb by faith. <laughs> he says, um, he says that thou mightest be clothed and, and that thou shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And uh, he says, anoint thy eyes with eye slabs that thou mightest see. The Bible says that in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's also distorted knowledge. In the last days, people are going to come against everything that is true. And the main attacks are going to come from the church. Do I get all rough edged when somebody says there is no premature mm-hmm. rapture? I defend it. I don't defend it like I defend mm-hmm. the gospel. Because you're defending, the only people you're defending the, 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 the preacher of rapture is to believers. And I talk to them about preaching, and they think it is a false doctrine. Now, to me, it tells much about this doctrine, that it is a true doctrine because there's many attacks coming against it. The apostasy is taking shape, and the apostasy is killing the church. And we have people like Rob Bell and, 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 and um, T.D. Jakes and, and all these individuals 
who are coming to spread falsehoods in the church. And um, they need all need to be saved just like we need to be saved. Am I always right? No, I'm not. But I believe that Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I believe he's the Lord and God. I believe there's a trinity. The Holy Spirit uh, is part of the trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe that I have the Holy Spirit dwelling in me, and I believe that I need to have the Lord as Lord of my life and not just a figment of my imagination. We are always going to say something wrong. I've I've noticed that in my in my radio shows I always say something to disappoint everybody. You say, Well what do you mean? There's always somebody that's gonna probably cut it off because I say one word. And I probably just said T D Jakes and probably somebody probably just left the program just recently. But um <clears throat> um I, I believe that we are in the last days of time and uh people are going to say anything and they really believe that there's a post trip rapture and they really want to see the antichrist we're not going to know who the antichrist is because the holy spirit will let him out of the way let him come on the scene and the church will be gone so that is that for that um, point. So the point is is that uh, the Church of Philadelphia will be taken out of the way. Now there is something that I wanted to read to y'all, and um, I might have to use. I think I know where it's at. <coughs> um, let me see. Okay, <coughs> this is Thessalonians chapter. One verse ten, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now there is another nation that Jesus had brought in. There's another nation that did not reject Jesus, which is the church. Nations are judged in time. People are judged in eternity. So when, G, when when Paul says here, and to wait, wait for the Antichrist, to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us, us, corporate, nation, us, from the wrath to come. He delivered us from the wrath to come. What wrath is he talking about? And let me go back to Thessalonians. Thessalonians, I'm sorry, Revelations 3, 10. Because thou have kept the words of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon who? Upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. This is God's wrath. And when I talk to people about the Bible prophecy on Facebook, I feel like we're we're talking about Albert and Costello. Who's on first? Who's on second? Well, who's on first? Who's on second? I mean, it's always a a checkmate that is so weak. And then when you put something in here, 
that is strong, they come back and challenge you with something that's really weak, which they think is strong. And you cannot tell a drunk that he's wrong. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm saying drunk off this world. I don't know what they're drunk off. But you cannot tell somebody who knows. Them. These people are just 100%. I ain't talking about all post-tribbers. I'm saying the people that I see are very much drunk on staying here. They will preach the post-trib as if it was the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I notice that a lot of pre-tribbers talk about Bible prophecy, and and, and I will talk about it. I'm going to have a show based Mm -hmm. off of, you know, Bible prophecy is your God, and you got the wrong God. You say, what do you mean? Well, if you're waiting for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled, then you might have your eyes in the wrong place. Titus let me go read Titus for you. <clears throat> Titus, because I don't want to misquote it, but, so, let me see, <laughs> excuse me, Titus <clears throat> 2.13. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He's looking for that blessed hope. It is a hope. It's a purifying hope. It is something to hope for. It is nothing to say you're a pre-tribber and you're just hoping that you can get out the house when it's burning. Wouldn't you want to get out the house when it's burning? We are to look for his son. We're not to be looking for who the Antichrist is. We will not know who he is. And basically, a lot of people would not know who the Antichrist is until he is on the scene. And that's a show by itself. I believe he'll come out the Mediterranean Union, and he will rise to power, possibly take it over Syria as the next leader after um, Bashar Assad is gone. And he will subdue three, which meaning not like Grant Jeffrey, bless his heart, let him rest in peace. He's in heaven. I can't wait to see him. But he is not going to rip and shred him to pieces. He's going to take him over diplomatically, which in uh, Revelation chapter 6, it says, I see a bow with no arrow. Well, he had a bow, but he didn't, well, the Bible didn't say he had no arrow, but you take it that he says a bow. He didn't say he had an arrow, so he has power. Uh, as far as diplomacy is concerned, he comes to conquer and to conquer, but he is also coming to set up peace and to make himself look as though he is a peace agent rather than a murderer. And we see that Christ has warned us of these things that are going to be happening. Um he says, I, mean, I don't know if I don't remember if I read this to y'all yet, but it says in, in John fourteen two three, in my father's house there are many mansions. And I want you to see the logistics of Jesus on this one. I want you to see the location of Jesus. I want you to listen to this very carefully, and you tell me where Jesus Christ is at after he's done saying this. Now, of course, you know he was on earth when he said this, but when this general prophecy happens, where is he at? Does he ever touch the ground? And, um, okay, let's just read it. It says, in my father's house there are many mansions. So it's in his father's house, right? If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go, go where? Where is he at when he's talking? He's on earth. He goes 
to where? His father's house. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. Where? His father's house. And if I go and prepare a place for you, once again, his father's house, I will come again. Where? And I receive you unto myself. And I'm going to read another scripture in Thessalonians to tell you where he's at. That where I am, and remember, before Abraham was, I am. Where I am, where I am at the time that I go to prepare a place for you, there ye may be also in his father's house. Now, I didn't look for Thessalonians. I, I read from it earlier, but <clears throat> I got. I wanted to show you something, and I could I could quote this verbatim, <clears throat> but I don't want to quote it because I might mess it up a little bit and leave some words out. Um, it says, "But I would not." Have ye to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. Remember that word hope. Have no hope. You don't have any hope if you think it's a post-trip outfit. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Because they, they're, they're to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Their bodies in the grave, they're Souls are, the spirit is in heaven. Those who will go to hell, they say it's a 44 men to die once and then to judgment. They are, their soul and body, their soul and spirit is in hell, waiting for their body. And verse 15 says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now here's the key. Now listen to where Jesus is at. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of our angel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another that you will be in the post-trib rapture where the antichrist might just cut off your head did it say that it says wherefore comfort one another with these words how are you going to comfort anybody telling them they're going to go through the tribulation period the tribulation period is not for the church i should build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it okay i'm gonna stop there because i'm getting kind of fleshly here so in my father's house, there are many mentions. If it was no so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, which is his father's house, that where I am there you may be also in his father's house. He shall come down in the clouds to meet the... We shall, he says this. Let me read it again. <clears throat> then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Where? In his Father's house. There is no coming down. When he says, I see 10,000, 10,000 of my saints, who is he talking to? And Jews. And let's read that. He says, uh, 
He says he's talking to E. He says, Enoch, also the seventh of from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand thousands or ten thousands with an S of his saints. So if they're in his father's house, wouldn't they be preparing to come back down? If it's a post trip, they will bounce up and bounce down like a yo yo. It doesn't make any sense. So where does this judgment seat of Christ take place? And you know with 100, or 1,260 days of the second half of the tribulation period, and then it's a, I think it's an additional 30 days added on, you know this is 1,290 days, blessed is he that makes it to that. You know that it's 30 days, so you know he can come back. I can say that for the next 30 days. He's coming back today. He's coming back today. He's coming back today. He's coming back today. 50. He's coming, you know, really? 30. He's coming back today. Yeah, you're going to get it right. Eventually, even if it takes 50 days, it's still going to come back. You're going to get it right. You're going to know what day and hour it is. Matthew 24 is to the to, to the people of every makeup. But it's definitely to the Jewish people at the time because they're the ones going to be fleeing to the mountains and fleeing and not come off and get something off their rooftop. And the days were not cut short. The elect would not be saved. Why do people think the church is the elect? The elect can be anybody the saints. Anybody who's hiding, hiding in caves. Not only is the government officials going to be hiding in the caves, the the saints, the believers will be hiding in the cave. Remember, the Antichrist comes to frustrate the saints. He's going to be killing off people. He's also going to be killing off patriots. He's going to be killing off anybody who does not take the mark. <clears throat> Everybody's going to go into seclusion. This is the darkest time in human history. It's not like the Dark Ages. This time, in he, it's just, this, this makes Adolf Hitler's time look like a Boy Scout meeting. The whole world will be ruined. I believe when he comes back, the Georgia capstones will be true. When he comes back, the Georgia capstones will say, we want to sustain, the globalists, the ones who were in the world, the new Illuminati says they want to sustain 500 million people. Now, if God wants to be funny and be sarcastic, he can leave 1 billion people. Say, eh, nah, nah, you didn't reach your target. He says, rocks fall on us and hide us from the one who's coming. Who's coming? Jesus. And he's coming with, let me remind you, 10,000 of his saints. 10,000, 10,000, or 10,000 of his saints, meaning a lot of people. And they didn't come down and bounce up. Or is that what they just did? They came down. They didn't go up. They came down with Jesus. There's no reference to, really? I'm not being sarcastic. I'm just saying, get off your soapbox that we're going to be here. I mean, but at the same time, I'm not here to convince anybody. I'm not going to be in Facebook threads anymore or posts saying there is a preacher rapture because I don't think it's worth it. Now, if, if I have to talk to somebody about salvation or to defend the faith, then I'll I'll jump all over that. If I have to do a one, you know, a few more trades just to make sure somebody understands and then come back out of the trade, yeah, that's fine. A day is too long in the trade. It's like it's like a trade when I used to trade commodities. 
five, ten, 20 minutes will be the longest I'll be in a trade. I'm not going to be in a post trying to convince me otherwise, because if I hang around there too much, they might convince me. Now, they're not going to convince me of the rapture. I'm all, I've, I've never budged on the rapture. Never. I've never budged on the rapture church. Well, maybe. Well, when I first started 15 years ago, I was I was thinking that we would see the Antichrist and we'd see all these bad things. And to <coughs> J. Vernon McGee and these guys, when I first was working for Job Corps, <coughs> I moved into my the house that I was staying in. Of course, they paid for it. Nice house, you know, sitting there in my room. That's the first time I had a taste of the Holy Spirit. It was Easter, and I was just planning on chilling out myself. I didn't, I didn't plan on going out anywhere, you know. And the Holy Spirit just, it just came down. I could feel the gushing wind, and and it was, it was Jay Vernon McGee I was listening to about Easter. He was talking about Easter, and I, and, and I remember that day. So, to recap at least the, the part where I said that the Holy Spirit will be taken away and it will return in the Old, in the Old Testament form because you, all, you even got the two witnesses that are Moses and Elijah or Moses and Enoch, whoever it's going to be. <clears throat> you even got the two witnesses. And um, you even got 144,000 preachers, prophets, and an angel flying through the sky. So there is going to be people saved, and it's going to be the greatest evangelistical time period in the history of the world. And people always overlook that. And uh, let me see if I can find it quick enough. Um, Let me see. Okay. Um, the people in heaven will be responding and they will be praying for uh, the people on earth. It says, after this, now here's the people on earth, and here's the great multitude. It says, after this, and this is in uh, Revelation 7, 9, after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations, kindreds, and people, and tongues, Stand before the throne of the, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and plums, plums in their hands, and cry with a loud voice, saying, "Salvation to our God, mm-hmm. which sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb." And all the angels stood around about the throne, and about the elders and the twenty-four mm-hmm. beasts, and fell before the throne on their face and worshipped God, saying, "Amen." Blessings and glories and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence come they? He says, And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So these are the ones who come out of the tribulation period who receive death. Now the Bible says in Revelation that men love their life unto death. That means they're going to be a remnant who 
die for the witness of Christ, and there's going to be a remnant who does not die for the witness of Christ. So there are saints, there are people, there are individuals who get saved because of the 144,000 Jews. These men in in chapter 7, verse 1, will be sealed with the spirit of, uh, with with the mark of God. And these are from the twelve tribes of uh, of, Ju- of of Israel. And to say that the church will go through the tribulation period, you have to find the identity of the church. So you have to do a job to find the one the true identity of the church. Does it say the word church? Does it say those who have suffered over the million, thousands of years, um, those who proclaim the gospel? I mean, is it anything that they give as a testimony that the church is in Revelations? And I don't see it, but I see new converts. I see individuals who either <clears throat> was part of the church but was not part of the body. In other words, they were part of the church. They went to church, and they understood somewhat the gospel, but they did not work it out in their lives. The Bible says that um, it's best to be a doer of the word and not a hearer. Maybe they were hearers. Maybe they showed up to church on Sundays. Maybe they acted it out. Maybe they told everybody they were Christian. But it never manifested in their heart to put Jesus Christ first and to do his will. They were not hot. They were lukewarm. Or they were working between lukewarm and cold. They were just identifying themselves as a Christian on paperwork, like in the Army or in college or or wherever, saying, I am a Christian. What religious preference do you have? I am a Christian. If this is so, then we need to really take a second look at what we call ourselves. Because if we are calling ourselves Christians, then we need to be living like Christ-like Christians. And I'm stepping on my feet as well because we have to step on our own feet. We have to put ourselves in accordance to the Word of God. Look in the mirror. Look in the Word of God. The Word of God has a special way of looking in the deepness of a man's heart, his motives. The Word of God is living. <clears throat> it manifests itself as a living Word. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and take another break. And if I can get this, um, if I can get my, um, okay, here we go. So uh, I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back.
October 30, 1991, President George H.W. Bush initiates the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel. On the very same day, a freakish hurricane, now known as the Perfect Storm, destroys the Bush vacation home in Maine. And the pattern continues. Each time America compels Israel to vacate its territory, our land is devastated on virtually the same day by Hurricanes Andrew, Katrina, the Northridge earthquake, and Joplin's killer tornado. Is this coincidence, or is there a spiritual cause and effect? In Genesis 17:8, God promised the land of Israel as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his Jewish descendants. That promise still stands. Those who bless Israel are blessed. Those who curse it are cursed. Author John McTurnan makes this open and shut case in his landmark book, As America Has Done to Israel, and the companion DVD, The Day of the Lord. For ordering details, visit John's online blog at johnmcturnan.name. It seems 
now. Be prepared to re-enter the zone where only watchmen dare go and only the fearless do venture. Now from the lands of the Pacific Northwest in FEMA Region 6, where we warn about your future and the rapture of the church of the concentration camps of the enemy, your host once again, Phil Armstrong. Welcome back to The Zone, The Prophecy Zone. consultation firm trying to hush or put a gag on Christians who were sharing their faith to recognize gays and to try to gag Christians and some of y'all probably say well they shot down that 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 idea well that does not mean they're going to shoot it back up in the civil rights movement, they shot down a lot of things, but they ended up we ended up getting treated fairly 20, 30 years later, 40 years later. Some people think we're not still getting treated fairly, and um, I think that's a, a American thing rather than a racial thing, but there is still racial divide in this country. And, then, yeah, there is bias between, you know, races. Now it's Mexican, Puerto Rican, Chinese, whatever. But... um gays in the military, don't ask, don't tell, you know, all these things, people are starting to favor those that Christians just consider not uh, God-like. So we know what the Bible talks about, a man should be married to one woman, and we know that there are certain states that are giving homosexuals the right to marry and then they also shot down a provision to block any benefits that uh gay couples would would have would, would not have had now they have, they can have benefits the same benefits that a married couple has and um it's just a matter of time before every state falls in line and and gay gay people can be married in any state now, I remember going to a church here in my hometown, and they were fussing at me because they wouldn't listen to one of my radio shows, and they said, shame on you for telling somebody that God hates the action but loves the person. Well, I got something to tell y'all. God hates the action but loves the person. Jesus came to die on the cross for all. And see, um, the problem with that I have is that just because you can get married now does not make it right. Just because you can get married mm-hmm. does not make homosexuality right. 
It doesn't make you go away that God does not um, God does not like man and a man and a woman and a woman. If you read Romans chapter 1, you're going to realize that. Uh, so we are every day seeing evidence that we are in the last days of the last days. <clears throat> if you if you look overseas in the Middle East, you don't have to be too much convinced otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Middle East looks like a boiling pot ready to explode. Netanyahu says Israel will withdraw uh, any challenges to its security. Withstand, I'm sorry, withstand any challenges to its security. Uh, Kerry said urges process is needed on peace, a mm-hmm. Middle East peace. Well, that's obvious. Abbas, we will only negotiate based on 1967 lines. And Israel, a couple of years ago, offered the kitchen sink. Israel leaders warn against Syria attacks. Jordan King Abdullah warns of a regional conflict over Syria. Now, we know that's the case. Now, how close is it? I'm going to tell you all this. You better not fall asleep. The things that are going on now looks mirror effect to the things that the Bible has preached about. Have talked about. We have talked about this for ages, and I know in the prophecies on we've talked about this for the last what since two thousand nine. Um, I believe that I'm gonna find the show that I, I done about a year, two years ago, three years ago, saying that Syria will be the stepping stone or the step off of the new world order. Syria will be the starting point of the rise of the Antichrist. And that's not what you're hearing. You're not hearing that very often. I'm going to take a break, and um, I'm going to be, I'll be back. Get ready to come into the zone for the next 60 minutes. Your journey will begin in 3, 2, 1. The Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Your watchman on the wall. Bringing you into the knowledge only found as you pursue the truth. So set back and enter the zone of Bible prophecy and find the hope that every Christian should have. Find out what is going to happen in the year 2012 and beyond. The Middle East. The Mark of the Beast. The European Superstate. Russia. China. Syria. And more. So set back and grab your cup of coffee and your Bible. And be prepared to enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Prophecy Zone. Y'all probably heard me tell my son I'm doing a show to get out. I meant get out the house. I didn't mean get out like mean or something. 
he understands. He's like, okay, he's he just coming to check in. He normally checks in every hour or two. I, I, my whole family's gone. Uh, they're hanging out. And um, so uh, if you want to call in, uh, the phone number is 347-826-7088. And call in. Um, as far as, like I say, Arguing about the rapture of the church, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, I'm not afraid to have anybody express their opinion or whatever, but uh, let's just see how it pans out. I'm pre-trip, but I'm also a panner. I believe that it's all going to pan out as far as the pre-trip is concerned. (laughs) And everybody will understand that it's pre-trip once it happens. So if you're a poster, you're going to figure out that it was pre-trib. If you're a emitter, you're going to find out that it was pre-trib. Now, if I find out it's a post and pre, I can come to your house and tell you as a rock falls on my head, as a 100-pound rock falls on my head. Hopefully I can make it there uh, to your house. The first three and a half years, I probably can get to your house, but the second three and a half years, you're coming to mine. And I'll give you a cookie, whatever you want me to pay you, that that you were right and I was wrong. But the chances of that happening is zero. And I'm not being funny. of globalization and technology has created a new brand of terrorism. There were persons who, for whatever reason, came to view their home country as the enemy. The kind of right-wing, religious-based domestic terrorism. Disturbing news tonight about homegrown terror. Part of this is big change in the White House, a new cultural experience, and some of the crazies are coming out of their closet. Right now, it looks like there is no connection between the men arrested and any known terrorist cell. Homegrown. Uh, Yeah, homegrown, I should say. Uh, Folks, we've got a very serious situation here. I'm holding what is called the right-wing extremism, current economic and political climate, fueling resurgence and radicalization and recruitment. And in it, we talked about the fact that they define pro-lifers as domestic terrorists. They put this in a Department of Homeland Security uh, document, this official assessment, now saying pro-lifers, people that believe in end-time prophecies, people that are opposed to the administration's position on immigration, uh, those of us that are standing up for the sanctity of life and for the sanctity of marriage, all of those are now potential, and this is what they're saying, domestic terrorists. It's a terrorist next door that could be 
are bigger threats. They call people who believe in the sanctity of life, who believe in owning firearms, who believe in serving their country in the military and coming back, who are very concerned about the policies that this nation is embarking on, spending too much money, taxing too much. It's all listed right here. These are the domestic right-wing extremists. One million names under the watchful eye of the United States. America's so-called terrorist watch list has hit the record number, according to one of the country's most prominent civil liberties groups. That's a lot of people to keep track of. They're adding new people all the time. It's a secret list that you don't know really quite how one gets on, and you don't know how you get off. coming out and profiling huge groups of people, you know, if you voted for a certain political candidate, you should be considered a potential threat. And you couple that with things like the Patriot Act, where if you are a threat in their eyes, you can be held without access to judge, jury, and, and without access to a lawyer or even to your family. That's very concerning because we, we've watched our country go through and do this to brown people, you know, overseas. They're rounding up enemy combatants and they're putting them in camps and they are torturing them. That is a fact. We know that. In Missouri, a new document meant to help Missouri law enforcement agencies identify militia members or domestic terrorists has drawn criticism. The February 20 report called the Modern Militia Movement mentioned such red flags as political bumper stickers for third-party candidates, such as Ron Paul, who ran for president, talk of conspiracy theories such as the plan for a superhighway linking Canada to Mexico, and possession of subversive literature. So the, the state police in Missouri have been told that if you see a car with a bumper sticker that opposes the so-called creation of North American Union, the silver superhighway, that you are probably following a militia member, that you are following an anti-government radical. If you see a car with a bumper sticker that says Ron Paul for president, you might be dealing with a violent radical exercise extreme caution. of their funding comes from the Department of Homeland Security. This is not the first time that a report has been issued to Missouri law enforcement and surrounding fusion centers in other states by the MIAC Center. Previously there have been several reports such as the MIAC report in the state of Missouri, but this is the first time that a report such as this actually named individuals. Uh, once you label someone, uh, in a derogatory manner, uh, an extremist, a potential militia member, terrorist, whatever term is used, uh, for some people the moniker will remain. Before you can persecute people, before you can incarcerate large numbers of people, you have to marginalize them. Uh, you have to create the image uh, that these people are dangerous to society or they're extremists or radicals, call them what you will but marginalizing from the mainstream of society so that at that point uh, the rest of society will accept the persecution that might result upon this group. 
It's been an age-old strategy that's worked in every totalitarian regime in the history of the world. And that's why we're concerned here in the United States when we see this kind of marginalization going on about people who voted for Ron Paul or people who voted for Chuck Baldwin. Now, why are they being marginalized? Why uh, are they being singled out as a potential danger to society? And I think it's shades of the strategies and tactics of totalitarian regimes in history past, and that should never happen in this country. The people in Washington, D.C. haven't represented what was on the American people's minds for a long, long time. They are the most disassociated, discombobulated, disconnected people on this planet. And they necessarily had to do that for all the violations of the Constitution that they've done. Just how far are you willing to go before you stand up and say no more to the federal government? its founders. We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. In other words, a new world order spoken of in about the Bible, in the Bible, that one man will control everything. Now that's not George Bush's theory of the new world order. His theory is that all nations come together and it gives him and his his hootlums a chance to loot you and take all your money. Uh, and then, as long as they get their money, uh, then you would have to uh, deal with it. And plus, by the way, we want total control of you also. And um, Gulf War One. Of course, there was oil made, but nothing like Gulf War II. When George Bush uh, took over from Bill Clinton, there was bazillions of dollars made from the oil. Uh, and, the, and there's a word that they say, follow the money. And a globalist agenda that started many years ago are coming to a format, or a climax, excuse me, in the near future. Now, I want to um, look at some stuff right quick before we go off. Um, we are uh, going to have uh, more shows often, and I know I said this, but we're going to have, try to have a set date where we have shows every day. Uh, not every day, but every once a week, excuse me. And um, we're going to um, be uh, coming on more often with information dealing with Bible prophecy. Um, now, uh, visit my website at www.pcrn.org and uh, prophecyzoneradio.com. So, I'm going to play another... Uh, 
segment, and on this, it lasts for nine minutes, 49 seconds. We'll be right back. But we begin tonight with a tale of two speeches, both from the same man, both from President Obama. One speech that could have been billed as a ballad to the Constitution, a proclamation of American values, a repudiation of the lawless behavior of the last presidential administration, and another speech announcing a radical new claim of presidential power that is not afforded by the Constitution and that has never been attempted in American history, even by George W. Bush and Dick Cheney. Remarkably, President Obama today made both of those speeches simultaneously. Standing inside the National Archives in front of the actual original Constitution, President Obama delivered a blistering critique of the Bush administration in which he called their actions and their legacy literally a mess. Our government made a series of hasty decisions. Poorly planned, haphazard approach. Too often, we set those principles aside as luxuries that we could no longer afford. Our government made decisions based on fear rather than foresight. The decisions that were made over the last eight years established an ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism that was neither effective nor sustainable. An ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism that was neither effective nor sustainable. Ouch. Then, moments later, he announced his own, his own ad hoc legal approach for fighting terrorism. President Obama today proposed something new, something called prolonged detention. Doesn't sound that bad, right? Prolonged detention. Did you ever see the movie Minority Report? It was based on a Philip K. Dick short story. It came out in 2002. It starred Tom Cruise, remember? He played a police officer in something called the Department of Pre-Crime. Pre-crime is where people are arrested and incarcerated to prevent crimes that they have not yet committed. Mr. Marks, my mandate of the District of Columbia Pre-Crime Division. I'm placing you under arrest for the future murder of Sarah Marks and Donald Dubinos take place today, April 22nd, at 0800 hours before minutes. No, I didn't do anything. You didn't do anything, but you're gonna. Future murder. Creepy, right? Putting somebody in jail, not for what they've done, but for what you're very sure they're going to do? There may be a number of people who cannot be prosecuted for past crimes. In some cases because evidence may be tainted. But who nonetheless pose a threat to the security of the United States. We're not prosecuting them for past crimes, but we need to keep them in prison because of our expectation of their future crimes. Al-Qaeda terrorists and their affiliates are at war with the United States, and those that we capture, like other prisoners of war, must be prevented from attacking us again. Prevented. We will incarcerate people preventively. Preventive incarceration. Indefinite detention without trial. That's what, that's what this is. That's what President Obama proposed today, if you strip away the euphemisms. One civil liberties advocate told the New York Times today, quote, we've known this was on the horizon for many years, but we were able to hold it off with George Bush. The idea that we might find ourselves fighting with the Obama administration over these powers is really stunning. And it is stunning, particularly to hear President Obama claim the power to keep people in prison indefinitely with no charges against them, no conviction, no sentence, just imprisonment. It's particularly stunning to hear him make that claim in the middle of a speech that was all about the rule of law. But we must do so with an abiding confidence in the rule of law. Our government was defending positions that undermined the rule of law. 
to ensure that they are in line with the rule of law. How can a president speak the kind of poetry that President Obama does about the rule of law and call for the power to indefinitely, preventively imprison people because they might commit crimes in the future? How can those two things coexist in the same man, even in the same speech? Well, that brings us to the self-consciously awkward, embarrassing part of this speech today. After condemning the Bush administration for what he called their ad hoc legal strategy for trying to make things seem legal that patently weren't, this is what President Obama proposed. My administration has begun to reshape the standards that apply to ensure that they are in line with the rule of law. We must have clear, defensible, and lawful standards for those who fall into this category. We must have a thorough process of periodic review so that any prolonged detention is carefully evaluated and justified. Our goal is to construct a legitimate legal framework for the remaining Guantanamo detainees that cannot be transferred. Our goal is not to avoid a legitimate legal framework. In our constitutional system, prolonged detention should not be the decision of any one man. If and when we determine that the United States must hold individuals to keep them from carrying out an act of war, we will do so within a system that involves judicial and congressional oversight. And so going forward, my administration will work with Congress to develop an appropriate legal regime so that our efforts are consistent with our values and our Constitution. Okay, so we know that the Antichrist will uh, cause those who do not take the mark to be put to death. Um, there is a plan by some people in our government to create detention camps, uh, which, by the way, they already created, uh, put people in who are military combatants or or someone who creates a terrorist act. Now, what is a terrorist act according to the Patriot Act? If you jaywalk, it's a terrorist. You might be committing a terrorist act. If you drink a, a shake from McDonald's and you throw it away too early, you might be a terrorist. Um, those uh, who create anything the government says is wrong then you are a terrorist. And they are coming for you and your guns and your family and your daughters and your sons. And the time is running out for those who are asleep and those who do feel that the, the everything is getting better. The, the, uh, the, the stock market is at 16000 or 15000 you know the the everything's going perfectly fine, but see the real true enemy is the United States citizen. The real true enemy is the citizens of the world. They want to control everything. These individuals, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, the, the those secret families that run everything, they want you. You know the Uncle Sam signs. They want you. Well. The creepy secret societies want you. They want to own you. 
and they want to kill you. Am I trying to use scare tactics? No, I'm not using scare tactics. I am telling you this now. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that he came to that you might have life and that more abundantly. The Bible says, choose you this day who you will serve. There is coming a time where men will have to have a choice. They would have to make a choice. It's either Jesus Christ or it's the devil. It's either Jesus Christ or you're neutral, which is the devil. Somebody uh, said to me on Facebook that my radio program was worthless. And I am happy he said that because I can always use some advice. But to me, the red flags went up when he told me that with no love. No compassion. No nothing. <clears throat> and I'm I'm fine with somebody telling me that, but if you, if you're going to expose yourself, make sure you do it with love. Then you will not be exposed. Anything that is done critical, and including myself, without love, it's nothing. We are in the last days, and I am warning you right now, we are in the last days. I don't need some individual who goes to some churches that I've went to in the past that is so critical. That if you told him something about a homosexual, he'd probably say that they probably need to be put in a pit with electronic wires. There are people like that, people on the news. I remember this old guy, old preacher was on the news saying that homosexuals should be put in a cage with an electric fence. Really? Homosexuals need Jesus just as much as you do, sir. We are not to be man with man, woman with women. I'm telling you that, and I'm telling you that critically. But I'm also telling you that God loves you. Now, if you want me to say, if you want to say I'm critical, even when I'm put into the picture that God died on the cross for your sins, well, I don't see sin. I don't see being married to a man if I'm a man as a sin. Well, we all will stand in front of God and give an account, and you'll find out then if you don't find out now. And I suggest you find out now that heterosexual sex out of marriage is is wrong. And as long as they are out of marriage, living with each other or having sex out of marriage, they're wrong. But when they get married, they write because it is what God asks. But a homosexual, when they get married, is wrong, even when they think they're right. The Bible says that a way to a man that seems right, but the end thereof is destruction. I think a lot of us see ourselves as being right. Some of us pick up the bottle. Some of us pick up porn. Some of us pick up 
anger. Some of us pick up our devices. And a sin is a sin, regardless if you break the Ten Commandments or if you break any of God's, any of God, what God told you not to do or to do in the Old Testament, that is unbelief. If God tells you that you should not forsake the gathering assemblies of yourself as some count worthy, there's people who remember that I've talked to people who say, I don't go to church because. You don't go to church because of what? And then they sit up there and they think they're right. I don't sit up there. I don't go to church because people are blah 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 blah. They're mean. They're evil. They they they're critical. Oh yeah. Critical. We should always look through the mirror with a fine tooth comb. We all gonna stand in front of God. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Broad is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and few will find it. When God says few will find it, compared to those who find it, will be smaller. I read earlier today that in Revelation 6, 9, that there's going to be a multitude that no one can number that goes to heaven. But there's also a multitude that no one can number who goes to hell. The Bible says that hell has enlarged itself. <coughs> but see, God paid the penalty. Jesus paid the penalty 2,000 years ago that you may not have to go to hell. The Bible says that he who has the Son has the Father, and he who has the Father has the Son. <clears throat> you cannot deny Jesus, and you cannot deny the Father. Jesus will separate you from your sins. That is what he came to die for. See, people believe that he came to die that you may go to heaven. He came to separate you from your sins. He came to give you the power to not sin if you want it. That's why the Bible says on the last day they will have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. The power to do what? Save? Yes, he is, does have a power to save. But the main power is that you may have life and you may walk in the spirit and not gratify the lust of the flesh. That you may overcome the world by your faith. The power of God is that you may overcome the world by faith. That faith that God has given me the strength to not sexually sin. God has given me the strength to not drink alcohol. That God has given me the strength to not sleep with somebody that's not my wife. Or he's given me the power to not gamble. The power to not steal. The power to not kill. He has given me the power to have a holy attitude towards others. He has given me the strength and the power to love my neighbor as myself. You have to believe that God has come to do that as well as come to save you. See, a lot of people says, I have, he says in the last days, he says, my people have knowledge, 
but it's the wrong type of knowledge. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge or distorted knowledge. It talks in, in Ephesians about knowledge. The Bible says, casting down imaginations and anything that exalts itself against the word of God. A lot of men and women like to fantasize about someone who is not their husband or wife. God will give you the help to stop that. Our hearts are filthy. Our hearts are dirty. Our hearts are are untainable sometimes. Who can know it? But God knows it. God can give you the strength. Even if you despise your wife, you despise your husband, God gives you the strength. He says, if you look upon a woman to lust, if you look upon a man to lust, you've created sin in your own heart already. But God will give you the strength, my friend. God wants to separate you. God wants to help you. The Holy Spirit is your helper. He doesn't just help you to say, oh, I'm saved. You don't need any help to say that. You need help to live the life that Jesus put out for you to live. The enemy, the one we fight against, Ephesians chapter 6, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in high places. We're fighting every day against spiritual principalities, hierarchies. That's what the New World Order is about. The New World Order not only wants to trick you in the future, they are here to trick you now. We must fully surrender ourselves into the Lord's hands. We must submit ourselves to God. We must live inside of God's aura, that, that, that place. He says, keep yourself in the love of God. When you're there, you're in Psalms 91 where he protects you. That's not about just rockets hitting you in the nighttime or a pestilence falling on your day. That's God will protect you from the arrows of Satan. But you have to read his words that you know what arrows are false and what arrows are not. We live in a fantasutical world. We live in a fantasy world. We live in a place where people fantasize about different things, about getting rich, getting getting uh, the husband of their dreams, the wife of their dreams, the house of their dreams, the car of their dreams, the boat of their dreams, that their team will win the championship game. They have dreams. We fantasize about everything. We watch soap operas. We watch mysteries. We watch the Avengers. We watch... Superman, Batman. We are here today that God may bring us to reality, that true knowledge, that true knowledge will come to us. That the girdle of truth will be resonating in our lives and in our hearts. The breastplate of righteousness will protect us because we know what God wants and we know that God's will because we read his word. And God's will is not hard. We are to open up the word of God and we are to read his word that we may know his will. If we know his will, then when the devil throws those imaginations and things that exalt itself against the word of God, when he throws those darts at you, you can block them because they're not true. 
But we get tied up into the things of the world. We get tied up into the, the, the philosophies of the world. That when we think our wife is, our husband is thinking this way, our wife is thinking that way, it becomes too hard. It becomes hard to 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 cast down those imaginations because we want we feel good when we want to feel bitter. Well, she said that to me. She, he said that to me. Mark, how dare my friend says that to me? We want to hold on to these imaginations and 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 ideas. But see, the word of God is true. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Every idea that you have that does not line up with the word of God, dismiss it. Even if it's someone that's unsaved. Now, if they hate your guts, you need to come to reality that they hate your guts. Move on. If it's a sister and she despises you because of this or because of that, but you can't nail your finger on it, pray to God that he will reveal it to you and love her in the meantime. But we are in the last days. We live in our society that our kids are lying right in our face. And they believe their own lies. I remember once in my life I used to lie and believe my own lies. To God deliver me from lying. Satan is the father of lies. He's the venter of lies. And he probably told the first lie. But resonating in the ears of men and women every Sunday is the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. But be ye hearers of the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word also. Not deceiving yourselves. Let us become doers. Christ is coming back. We're really close. Make the time count. If it's one year or if it's six months, if it's five years or ten years, it goes by quick. Make it count. Don't get caught up in the world's affairs. Not thinking ten years won't go fast, five years won't go fast. Three years and won't go fast. Whatever you think is going to happen. Because I got news for you, folks. We could be three months away from this. We could be a year off. That's really close. So what are you doing for God? Ask not what God can do for you. Ask what you can do for God. Quote from my famous president. Or it's actually my quote because I made it up. I stuck the words in there, but y'all know what I'm saying. That's your favorite president? Didn't he cheat on his wife? It's my favorite president. I don't know about, you know, all of that. And I disagree with that, by the way. David also did some shady stuff. But is is Kennedy in heaven? Probably not. He's still my favorite president. I can't say anything. I don't even know if my grandparents is in heaven. I think my grandma's there. Do I not like them? 
I think President Kennedy, when he said that the secret societies exist, became my favorite president. Is it biblical prophecy? Probably not strained out biblical prophecy, but it's the verse is saying that, hey, there is a globalist agenda to bring us into a one-world government. And the military-industrial complex that uh, Eisenhower, the president before him, spoke about, put the nail in the coffin. And with George Bush saying the New World Order, wow. Of course, we, we need more than those witnesses because people don't believe these things. Even if they put the seal on a dollar bill and, and, and build the Washington, D.T. into a satanic star, you still get people arguing and fighting that it's not a satanic star. I mean, people argue about anything. You, we're not going to go know anything until we stand in front of Christ to give an account. Either at the beam of seat of judgment or the great right throne judgment. No one's going to even figure it out. I, I come to the conclusion. Preach, baby. Preach. That's it. What, can, what else? What are you going to do? Sit on Facebook and try to tell somebody to post-trib or fight against a post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, or fight with somebody that the government is secret society, and they're going to say, "Be for real." I had a I had a guy that I work with. He's one. Of, he's a teacher up at the uh, at the um, uh, place where I work at. It's a um, uh, alcohol and drug treatment center, and he's just laughing and sarcastically laughing it off that. Because we were watching um, on the big screen. He has a big screen in his classroom. And uh, we were watching uh, um, a video about secret societies. And he's just like, <laughs> you know, laughing it off. And I'm like, really? I, I didn't really fuss at him because I understand ignorance. You know, I like the guy, but, you know, you can't always think everything happens naturally. I, I remember when I was growing up, and I thought everything happened naturally. How dare someone secretly kill a president? How dare someone knock down two twin towers and kill 3,000 people and then all of a sudden go to war with two other countries and kill off millions of Iraqis and who who knows how many Afghanistanians? Huh? Who knows whose plot the Georgia Capstone say 500 million men will be uh, women and children will be left on the earth for, to use as cattle? How ridiculous can you get? That's only the only person I can see who would come up with that theory was Satan. I don't even know the globalists that deceptive. I mean that that evil. I believe they are, but only because their father is evil. What's the rationale behind that? How can you spend your money? How can you feel good? You got six billion, seven billion people on Earth. Wouldn't you feel good if you're a billionaire? Rather than five hundred million, what is I mean? What is, what is five hundred million going to do? Make your money less valuable? You idiots! You're not going to be rich because you only got five hundred million people. I mean, really? That's not even two United States. So let me get off my soapbox. Uh, to tell y'all that y'all can go check out my website at www.pzrn.org and um, also check us out on Sprager and um, you can also check us out uh, on our website. I already said that. I'm marking myself. So I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. Order. 
we have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. What is at stake is more than one small country. It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind, peace and security, freedom, and the rule of law. Out of these troubled times, our fifth objective, a new world order, can emerge. Now we can see a new world coming into view, a world in which there is a very real prospect of a new world order. The Council on Foreign Relations, known as the CFR, an organization publicly sworn to destroy American national sovereignty and usher in a tyrannical world police state, could not contain their glee on September 12th, the day after the tragic attack. They announced their new world order. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. World order. Yeah, God might have you stick around. 
But a lot of times, God is probably telling you to leave the tread, and you probably think uh, leave the leave the post, and you're probably thinking you just feel bad because you're arguing. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit might be telling you, get out of there, get out of there, abort, abort, abort. And then you're not leaving. Jesus does love us. And he does want us to go out and profess the gospel because he wished that no one should perish. But no one's going to look at your your arguing or they're arguing or you guys is arguing and say, oh, I want to join that. I want to be a Christian. They're not going to do that. What they're going to say is look at these morons arguing about nothing. I mean, really? The rapture of the church? Really? I know that there is a rapture of the church, and you know that there's a rapture of the church. We know that Jesus is coming back because he said he's going to come back. Now, why do they get it wrong and we get it right, or we got it right and they get it wrong? I have no idea. I just know I have it right. I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. Time for uh, one other story, and that's North Korea, which has warned residents of islands very close to the border with the South to leave the area amid reports that Pyongyang could be preparing to carry out military exercises in the Yellow Sea. Now, one North Korean website is already carrying a report saying it would be advisable for residents near the maritime border to evacuate. Now, back in 2010, North Korea shelled the frontline island of Yon. Pyong, killing two South Korean Marines as well as two civilians. Let's talk. Okay, I'd like to thank y'all for listening to the show. God bless y'all. You have a wonderful day. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity on Box Talk Radio. You have been listening to The Prophecy Zone on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to check out our website at www.pzrn.org. Also, like us on Facebook at Prophecy Zone Radio News and at YouTube at Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out next time on The Prophecy Zone as we explore the past, observe the present, and hope for the soon future return of the Savior Jesus.